Welcome back to the second hour of Gesundheit with Jacobus. Here again is your host, Jacobus Holloway. Uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the program. We are doing the show with a Glenda Noyce. Good morning, Glenda. Good morning. Glenda Noyce is the executive director of the Gallatin Valley CASA GAL program. CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocate. These are people who are speaking out for the children who are abused and who end up in the court system. About 251,000 children every year are going through the court system because of abuse. And abuse is a is one word that uh, includes a lot of different things. And uh, we'll discuss that today. The GAL program stands for Guardian Ad Litem. So in a way, it is the same thing as Glenda mentioned at the end of the last hour. She said uh, the use in the same way, but these are volunteers, we're going to talk about it, who have been appointed by a judge to do background information on the real situation in the abuse cases of children of all kinds of ages. So uh, these are children that are just not able to talk, to speak out for themselves. And uh, so they have somebody who is going to help them to go through the court system that is very different than a, a lawyer. In um, the Gallatin County Casa Gal organization is the website Gallatin County Casa Gal, C-A-S-A-G-A-L dot org. And there is also a nationwide organization that you can also find information on. It is Casa for Children dot org. Uh, Glenda Howe, Glenda Noyce is located, she is the, she is the executive director of the Gallatin Valley Casa Gal program. Uh, she is located at her office and the Law and Justice Center on the third floor and in room 313. Telephone number there is 406-582-2051. 582-2051. So nice of you to come over. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You betcha. And uh, maybe... Um, you can give us some more statistics. I, I threw out a statistic of about 700,000 abused children every year. 251,000 that are actually making it into court every year. About 940 different CASA programs in the nation. 70,000 volunteers who do this. Um, any other statistics that we need to know? Well, um, for locally yeah. in Gallatin County, currently we have 81 cases. Okay. Um, I think it's important to note as well that these are child abuse and neglect. Mm -hmm. So they're not, they're not 81 abuse cases, but abuse and neglect. So, and actually, probably thankfully, in most cases, we have more neglect cases than actual abuse Give cases. Give us an example of neglect. So most often, the neglect cases that we see come as a result of drug use by parents. Okay. So the parents have um, are addicted to drugs, drugs or alcohol, often meth, um, and and um, several opioid um, addictions, addictions as right. well. Yeah. Um, so you know those once that parent is is addicted to that to that drug and that's that becomes the sole focus of their life at, at the extent at, 
sorry. At the expense. At the expense of their yeah, child. Be American. Yeah. <laughs> At the expense of their child. So, yes. you know, the children aren't aren't necessarily getting fed as they should, or they're living in a house that mm. is not suitable for for children or maybe even humans to live in. Wow. Um, they they aren't getting to school regularly. Um Perhaps they've been exposed to that that drug use themselves and and test positive mm. um, for the drugs themselves just from being in the home where it's been used. Right, that kind of thing. Yeah, and abuse is really physical. Physical abuse in this case, physical or sexual abuse as well. Yeah, emotional abuse. Uh, many young children don't know the difference yet. I right, would say, right, or- and and it's very that's very hard to pin down and and be able to prove with a reasonable doubt you know or without so it's mm. it's a lot harder to show the the emotional abuse unfortunately yes ah uh, boy uh, is it getting worse or is it always been percentage wise about the same for let's say 20 30 40 years uh, since uh, judge sukov started this Su- sukov was her name sukov sukov yeah started this or is it simply there are more people now coming out of the woodwork to say, you know, this is what's going on. I think it's both. I think there there definitely is an increase. That you know, it's um I think from 2012 to 2015, 2012 to 2013, there was a 30% increase in cases that our program saw. Just Galtonville. And then another wow. 35% increase oh, boy. um to 2015. Yeah. Um in 2015 alone, we had 125 cases over the course of the year. Some of those were carried on. They were not 125 new cases. Okay. They were, you know, some of those carried forward from from the previous years, of course. Um, 2016, we had 125 also, which was interesting that it was exactly the same. Yeah. We had a different number of new cases in 2015 to 2016, but so it was just a matter of which ones were continuing and which ones weren't. So we didn't see a big increase there. Um, but over the course of the, I think the first year that we became a nonprofit in 2001, I believe they had 21 cases. Okay. And uh-huh. um, last year we had 52 new cases yeah. in 2016. So there's definitely an increase. I, I think a big part of that is the increase in drug use in our communities and then and then i think some of the increases due to things just being more apparent you know pe- there's things come to light on social media or yeah. uh, you know people are, are more more involved or more willing to report things that maybe they didn't 40 years ago i was watching last night on the internet and you simply see i went to youtube and i simply punched in child abuse and it's unbelievable how many videos are on there talking about children who've died because of abuse uh many of them are literally texts with beautiful music in the background simply there's nobody talking so i couldn't really put one up today i was going to play some but you see the stories from what they know is going on and I was surprised how many of these are also clips that were actually put on Facebook. There is one where you see a, I guess, a young mother 
from a man, the neighbor shot the video and she is beating up her eight month old baby in the baby stroller. And you can see it from a distance because it is he's the neighbor on his phone, so he can only zoom in so much. But you can literally see her just slap that baby. And he called uh, when the police came, they were not really interested in the video. And so he was so surprised that he decided to put it on Facebook. And he got all kinds of reactions. And... Um, so we see now people who are filming what is happening. And because of the phone, the iPhones or the phones, uh, people are able to uh, to actually expose some of the things that are going on. Uh, there was another one that was shown on the news. An 11-year-old boy got 50 lashes with a belt and got hit in the face because I think he didn't eat his food or something. It's amazing what the, uh, the power trip is with these uh, people to do that kind of beating. Uh, you know, we, we, we know that there are parents who sometimes spank their children, but there is a difference between a spank and abuse. Right. That you, it's almost you get satisfaction from hitting somebody who is unable to defend themselves. And that's very different than when you say it's a disciplinary spank on the bottom. Correct. You know, with your with your own hand. So if you use a belt, obviously you're not hurting yourself. But uh, I, there is there is a system to it. I, I would say when it comes to uh, family discipline, let me say it this way: uh, parents and children. Is this something that you that we have seen in Gallatin County? Also, that people have approached you with videos that were made and say, you know, this is what I have on tape and nobody wanted to see it. I have not seen that specifically. I did have a parent show me a video that had been posted on Facebook by the other parent that, that was concerning to her. Um, and we shared it with CPS and the guardian themselves. Yeah. Um, so that they just had it, it wasn't an abuse situation. It was more of the other parent putting, possibly putting that child at with risky behavior. You know, not not necessarily protecting them from from a situation that instead encouraging something that maybe they shouldn't have given the age of the child. I see. Um, otherwise, I I haven't seen that kind of thing. I I did see on um, Facebook yesterday. Yeah. A recording that was done uh, that a woman, her her husband was abusing her, and she somehow got her phone recorded, recording the whole situation, and and for some reason, it wasn't allowed in court. Oh, so you know, I'm I'm sure there's rules about notifying someone you when you're recording them, and you know, I don't know what all the laws are about that, but I. It, there was a big outcry with that, that that wasn't used. And it was, you know, an, a pretty obvious situation of domestic violence. And the judge didn't take that into consideration in the sentencing. So similar to what you're talking about. What is your, <laughs> what is your feeling about this um, uh, professional uh, being in a situation for this long, having does, this, done this work for as long as you have? That there has to there is this rule that if the person was not asked permission to display it, that you cannot offer that to the to the judge. I mean, the fact is the fact. 
So in effect, we're saying if a tree falls in the forest, doesn't make any noise. Uh, well, we weren't there, right? We right. couldn't see it. But here, you literally have somebody who has been physically abused, who may have a black eye, lose a tooth, uh, have a st marks on the body, and it was filmed, but you cannot use that as evidence because the other person doesn't allow it as evidence. It uh, it makes no sense. To no, it's very frustrating. And it kind of goes along with something that I have talked to several of my guardians about a frustration that a lot of times in our cases, there's a co-occurring criminal case going on yeah. along with, with our child abuse and neglect case. And oftentimes it feels like the rights of the parent in their criminal case far outweighs the rights of protecting that child. And so, you know, things things can't be brought up in the child abuse and neglect case because that might infringe on the parents' rights in their criminal case. Okay. And that that is very frustrating because they they do go hand in hand a lot of times. But we have to be very careful with what we what we use or what we say. And so that frustration of, you know, your your right not to incriminate yourself or your right to to certain things in, in a criminal proceeding outweigh the protection and, and best interests of the child yeah. a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so that that is a frustration that yes. we have. Yes. And I, I don't know how how you get past the recording issue. I, I would hope that in those situations, if Child Protective Services was made aware of that recording, they could use that information in ways outside of what maybe a judge couldn't use. I see. If you talk about total justice being done, it should be at least entered as evidence, even if it is never displayed to a jury, but it should be, in my opinion, should be made available so that whoever is making the judgment is completely aware of 100% of the situation. It should be a fact. I mean, how many times do we see a murder case where we just cannot find the evidence? We, we don't see fingerprints. We can't find the murder weapon. We don't know who did it. And... You, you put people on there that all get paid by the hour or they have a salary, and then they may all be on a case for, for years, never be able to resolve it. So they go into the, into the file, unresolved cases. And here you have something, all the evidence is on the table, uh, not on the table, it's there, but you cannot allow it on the table because there is no permission from all the parties to display it. Right. So here we have a case that is not correctly resolved, and it, it could have been if everybody just looked at all the facts. I mean, then think before you act. You know, if you don't want to be, <laughs> if you don't want to be seen on a video, then don't do it. Anyway, Glenda Noyes is my guest on Gesundheit with Jacoba. She is the executive director of the Gallatin Valley Court-Appointed Special Advocate Guardian Ad Litem, people who are volunteers who help children who have been abused and neglected and when they are going to court it is these volunteers that gather the information from the parents the children the neighbors the grandparents the coaches the janitor the teachers anybody who they know has been in the life or who is in the life of these children with that information they 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 scan through everything and present the information back to the judge who now, when the case comes to court, 
in his court courtroom is able to have a much better insight in the truth and therefore can do what is best for the child not best for the parents and that is the uh, that is very important because like glenda said earlier the parents are often showing up with a lawyer who is trying to uh keep the family together which is which may be of course what we all want would be ideal but uh, you see often that these people will have to go through special programs first to heal from their own issues and um before they take it out on 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 children so instead of taking it out on children i should say not before <laughs> <laughs> first they heal and they beat the kids up that's not good glenda Tell us more about the, uh, we're coming close to the break, but tell us more, get started on the whole volunteer issue. What does it entail? How do people get started on this uh, becoming a volunteer for Casa Gal? I think this is so important for those, because one thing, statistics that we haven't talked about, is that Gallatin County is representing 100% of all the cases, and that makes it actually unique in the country, isn't it? Yes, it is. Very unique. Tell us what that means. Well, we we have been able from the beginning of the program to appoint a volunteer for every child that comes into onto our caseload. We have other uh, sister programs around the state, uh, Yellowstone County, Cascade County, that have... Okay. I, I was just at a conference this week, and I think I heard that Yellowstone County has 500 kids without a CASA representing them. Whoa. Which is really is really sad. That's amazing. Um, but they just have such a tremendous amount of kids it, it coming into their caseload that they don't have enough volunteers um, or staff and funding to be able to serve each child. So we we are very blessed that we get have enough volunteers to continue to do that, and I hope that that's always the case here in Gallatin County. Yeah. We have about 69 volunteers currently trained and, and able to take cases. I believe I have 42 that actively have cases right now. So some of those other ones are either on hold for one reason or another, a life situation where they aren't able to spend the time taking a case at this moment, or they're new and they haven't gotten a case assigned yet. Yes. So, you know, um, they, they, there's, Various ways that we can go into more after the break of of ways that they can come to um, that they get become aware of the program and and apply to be a volunteer and then we have a pretty rigorous training um, schedule that they go through to be up and ready to to face the challenge of mm -hmm. serving in in this capacity. Now, since we're also talking to the people in Park County, is yes. there a program in Park County? There is. Okay. Um, Park County, it, it actually covers two counties. It's Park and Sweetgrass. Okay. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. Sweetgrass counties. So um, Ann Schilling is the is the executive director in Park County, and she's been there a long What's time. Ann Schilling. Ann Schilling. Yes. And she has been there for a long time and, and is a great director serving all of the kids over there. I believe they may be 100% sir serving as well but i'm not sure about that do you happen to know the number no but i will find it on the break let's do that during the break and uh i know that livingston has been battling quite a bit with uh, children uh, in the school and uh, abuse cases as well so it is definitely something that 
I would like to help the listeners with Definitely. that you're here today. And since they can tune into the program, that uh, we give them the information that they need. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Uh, folks, when we come back, I'll give you an update on the weather. Of course, you already know what the weather is. It's unpredictable. It's Montana, for crying out loud. And uh, then when we uh, continue after that with uh, Glenda Noyes, the executive director of the Gallatin Valley CASA GAL program, CASA, court-appointed special advocate, and then GAL guardian at Lightem. These are special appointed people, volunteers that help our abused and neglected children. I hope you stay with us all the way. We're going to be right back. Don't forget to breathe while you're listening to Gesundheit with Jacobus. Stay tuned. There's more. 